Welcome back to the Audible. Kimbo Camper, John Jemmy with you. And let me remind you, the Audible is presented by Auto Nation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. I tell you, each and every week, you can save on 100,000 vehicles right now at autonation.com. You can also watch the Audible every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. on WFR CBS 4 Miami. You can download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and miamidolphins.com. Got a big show for you today. We're going to take a look back at the game with the New England Patriots and the Dolphins' big win there that knocked the Patriots out. We'll also have our sit-down with defensive lineman Zach Seiler. We'll go behind enemy lines and take a look at the uh, the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm still having a hard time getting that out. Uh, and then we'll have our X's and Bows. And, John, I think our X's and Bows, we're going to take a look at the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, what their impact has been on this football team this season. But first, it's time for our, our uh, look back as it's presented by Morgan & Morgan Law. Uh, we take a look back at the game against the New England Patriots. And, John, we talked about it after the game a little bit. You know, that game was in peril like almost from the outset, uh, and it looked like it was going to be a dogfight all day long, and it was a dogfight all day long. But for some reason, I never had the feeling that the Dolphins were going to lose to the New England Patriots on that day. I agree with you, Kim. I, I felt the same way. We weren't sitting together, but we had the same thought. You know, you, you feel like the Miami Dolphins are playing at a level where they're getting very comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And not to say that it was extremely uncomfortable in the first half. It was only two field goals that the Miami Dolphins uh, left the field to go into halftime. But you had a feeling that New England wasn't going to have those explosive plays. Yeah. They weren't going to be able to create those down-the-field passing plays that kind of put the knife in you. You know, they, they, they're they not that type of team this year. And they're going to have to plot along and look for a turnover, look for a short field. That didn't happen against the Miami Dolphins. In fact, the Miami Dolphins were the ones that were causing fumbles. The Miami Dolphins were the ones that were making explosive plays, especially on the ground. And that's where the game turned. You know, the Miami Dolphins finally were able to put a ground game together and have a combination uh, of two running backs, you know, Ahmed and Brita, that uh, along with Tua running, you know, the way he did and keeping plays alive and scoring two touchdowns, they rush for 250 yards, and that was the difference. They flipped the script on the New England Patriots from week one. They were able to control the football game, make enough plays in the passing game, and have a defense that was opportunistic with three sacks, four forced fumbles. They get a turnover. They did all the things they needed to do, good winning teams, playoff teams do, to win games at the end of the year. Well, and you're right, John. And, and, and you know, if you're going to be a playoff team, if you're going to be that, that group, you know, I, I think that game, because we, we talked about it last week, and really the Dolphins started the last week prior to this game uh, where, where they're basically on they're basically in the playoffs at that point. You know, you lose a game and, and they're out, and they're still in that same situation right now. But be able to go in and know that you need to do that to knock off the team that's been there for 20 years on top of the, the AFC East, and you know that you can knock them off. I thought it was just a uh, – I think it's just more of, a, of seeing the growth out of this football team. But, John, you and I going in, you know, you, you have no Devontae Parker. You have no Mike Gusecki. You have no Jakeem Grant. And you've got a football team that has really struggled mightily to run the football. And as much as I felt like they were going to beat New England, I'm kind of scratching my head going, I think they're going to beat them, but I don't know how they're going to do it because <laughs> they got three of their top receivers out and they haven't been able to run the football. What happens? Well, 250 yards happen. 
and you get an offensive line that he's just kind of kept laying on him, laying on him, laying on him, wearing that defensive front down. And, you know, Ahmed, Ahmed goes for 114, Breida goes for 86. You get 20 out of Patrick Laird. And then you talk about Tua, his ability to, uh, to, to run and, and, and get in the end zone with the football. Um, boy, it really showed you another dynamic of this football team, John, that we haven't seen through the first 16 games or 15 games. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Patrick Laird because he had a big third down run in there somewhere that really kept a drive alive. But you're right, Bo. They made plays they needed to make with new cast of characters. You had your big three that were on the sidelines. If you're looking at the Miami Dolphins and creating explosive plays, not only on offense, but on special teams with Jakeem Grant being on the sidelines. So now you have uh, Smythe and Shaheen at, at, as the as the tandem at tight end that get it done in a way maybe not as uh, as elegant as Mike Kosicki making one-handed right. catch down the middle, but they did all the blocking and all the grind work that needed to be done and all those tough catches uh, to move the chains. On the outside, you had Bowden on a double reverse, looked like it was going to be a pass. He runs for nine yards, but he was the guy that was getting the tough yards in the passing game. And, and then you had Tua, who was kind of orchestrating with, with different cast of characters, but maybe some of the guys he worked with more in the beginning of the season uh, when he wasn't the starting quarterback, when he was just trying to learn the offense. So he was able to do some nice things as well. So I thought it was a, uh, wasn't one person you could put the spotlight on and say, this is why the Dolphins won. I would say defense and the way they played was probably the, the brightest of the light. But I thought the offense in the second half did enough. They did enough of the important things. They got the conversions on third down they needed to. I think they were 7 of 12 on third down. They rushed the football when they needed to. And Tua escaped pressure and didn't make the bad play except for early in the game. He made the positive play with his legs or threw it away when he needed to. But it was fun to watch a team play very confidently when some of the fans might have been not so confident going to halftime. They came came out in the second half and took care of business. Well, you're going to a game like that that's so important for you, kind of running on three wheels and kind of spitting, you know, the carburetor kind of spitting up a little bit with injuries. But, again, to me, it's just one of those games, John, where you look at this team and they show you that, you know, that, that, that they can win in different ways. It's not the same thing every time. And, you know, maybe it's the special teams one week. Maybe it's a defense one week. Maybe it's the offense the other week. And when you've got a team like that, I think you're you're – you're, you're, you know, you're really in a, in a good position. You talk about, we talk about the guys who were out. We'll talk about the guys who were in. Durham Smythe, five catches for 40 yards. Uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. gets uh, six catches for 37 yards. Mac Hollins comes up with a couple couple big catches for you on, on the football game. Uh, you, get, uh, you get three sacks. You get two takeaways. All the things that have made this team successful, and, and, and it, doesn't seem like the, it doesn't seem like it matters who they're playing right now, They've found ways to be able to win. And, and, and John, you know, 20 years I've been looking at that team up there in New England and going, gosh darn, when are these guys going to get out of here? And I, don't, I don't know if it's when Brady's going or when Belichick's going, but one of these days one of those guys is going to get the hell out of there and we're going to have an opportunity. And, boy, I tell you, it, 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 feels, too good. it feels good to be the team that kind of stepped on their throats and, and put them out of their misery this year. Yeah, I'm kind of glad it was Brady uh, that left because I don't think Bill's going to make any more plays <laughs> on the field. So it was it was a good right. sign uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And you're right, I'm sure Bill Belichick was looking on the sidelines. You know, where's my Wes Welker? Where's Randy Moss? You know, where's Tom Brady? Where, where's a guy that can you know just dial up and, and make a play on offense because those weapons are gone. Yeah. And defensively, either via 
you know, COVID defections or weather injury, they're just not the same football team. And it's going to be a while uh, for the New England Patriots until they find uh, another quarterback that can even come close to the, to the riches that they had over the last 20 years for them, for them to duplicate what they did. And, and I think it's the Miami Dolphins. It's the Buffalo Bills uh, that are going to be vying for the top spot over the next at least five to seven to eight years in the AFC East. So we're in a good position right now. I feel very good about where the Miami Dolphins are and, and the trajectory that this football team and organization is on. And I just hope that uh, they can find a way to continue that for two more weeks because they've got two very important games coming up. Now it's time for our sit-down amplified by Hard Rock Hotel, and we're going to go out a little carpool karaoke with Zach Seiler, Dolphin defensive lineman, joining us on the show. And, uh, hey, Zach, a, a big win on Sunday, you know, knocked the New England Patriots off, knocked them out of the playoffs and ending their season. And I think for every Dolphin fan, we've been waiting for that for about two decades now. So it's, it's finally happened. Felt good for us, but it had to really feel good for you guys that went in there and, and did the work on Sunday and, and got the win. Yeah, it was. It felt great. It's a good team victory. All three saw all three phases of the game, special teams, offense, defense. Everyone put a great effort up, and we were able to come out with that victory, which felt very good. From a defensive side, defensive standpoint, uh, Cam Newton. Uh, you know, we've seen really good things out of him. We've seen not so good things out of him. So going into that game, you certainly knew that that was going to be one of your keys to keep him from from uh, you know extending plays with his legs, doing the running, all the things he did. And, you guys did a pretty good job of keeping him pretty uncomfortable in that pocket all day long. Yeah, he's a great quarterback. Like you said, he's, he can do some really good things. Um, and that was the key to, one of the keys is just keeping it under control and taking care of him and how he plays. Zach, it's been fun watching you guys play on the defensive side of the football, uh, getting to the quarterback, creating turnovers. Is that a mindset now every week that you guys feel like you can get your hands on the football, you can change the dynamic of the game, make it a little bit easier of a field position game for your offense. Is that, is that the mindset you guys have? Absolutely. Um, it's a big time uh, emphasis each week is get the ball out, create turnovers and flip the field to reverse the field to get a good position for our offense to really drive it in and score. And then go from there. I know you have a, a bunch of different personalities on defense, but the guy kind of next to you and Christian Wilkins He's jumping on everybody. He, he's always playing. He's always got a smile on his face. Is that contagious for you guys? Do you guys kind of, you know, get going? Because Christian's a, a guy, not only does he he walk the walk, but he talks it as well. You know, he, he yes. performs on the field and he gets you guys going maybe when somebody needs to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This. Yeah, you can. I think every fan sees him out there every play jumping around or cheering. When there's ever something to cheer about, he's right there with it. And it's contagious, and the whole defense, I think it brings everybody up. It helps everyone have that attitude and spirit towards the game, and it's, it's great. Zach, being a former defensive lineman, there's nothing like being in a game where where you're playing well defensively against a good football team. I don't think it's any more fun than that because it, it does. It, it becomes, like you said, it becomes infectious in that huddle, and, and it always seems to lead to bigger plays. And it seems like you guys have gotten better incrementally each and every week and to where you're at right now, you guys are having a lot of fun. It seems like every time you roll out there. Yeah, that's one of our things. And we, we say this every week before we go out there, play your best, give your all, but most importantly, have fun. Um, and we, with, which like he said, like, 
with Christian. Like, it's infectious. And we go out there creating turnovers, making big plays, and those big defensive games, and it just – that's what happens. Yeah. Zach, I'm sure going into this year, you weren't sure where you were going to be. You weren't going to sure about, you know, new players. you got players coming and going. All the changes going on here. But you've got – you took your opportunity and made the most of it. you got a contract extension. Got to make you feel good uh, about that. So, it's been – so far for you, it's been a been a pretty nice year. Yeah, it's been a, it's been very good. Uh, we've definitely been blessed um, taking, like you said, the opportunities we, that's been given to us and uh, making the most of them. And that's kind of how my whole career's been ever since high school and college too. So it's it's been it's been a great honor and blessing to be able to work here and play with these guys. What does it mean to you that uh, during the course of a season, I feel like they want to go ahead and extend you out a little bit, keep you in the fold, and and reward you for what you've done? It means a lot. I mean, it just shows that they want to. They want to back. They want to promote from within, I guess you could call it, and keep the guys that are going to put the time and put the work in and stick with them and show that they're going to support them. Yeah, Zach, congratulations on that contract. I know you signed that a few weeks ago. That was a a, a great sign for you because you've been productive on the field and, and off the field, you know, in the locker room, you're the type of guy the Miami Dolphins want to build around. I wanted to ask you, is it easier when you guys are winning to kind of – isolate week by week to, to come off of a big victory and say, okay, we need to start over. Sometimes I think when you have a couple losses, that lingers a little bit longer. I don't know if that's true or not for you, but when you guys have been winning and you've been winning on a consistent basis, is it easier to silo those wins and say, okay, we got to, you know, we're a type of team that has to forget about last week and go on and try to duplicate what, we, what we've done, you know, in the past you know month or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's definitely uh, a short memory, short-term memory. You just, the week behind you is in the past. You got to worry about the week ahead of you. We got to we got to take business, uh, take care of business this week before anything else. And uh, yeah, win, loss, whatever. You got you're right. It definitely, you definitely got to put that behind you. Is it a lot easier with a coach like Coach Flores that kind of sets the example and gets in front of you, you know, in your team meetings on on Monday or or Wednesday and says, "All right, you know, here's the." the lay of the land. This is what we need to do to win. And and it's easier once you guys kind of have success doing that to hear that message and go out and duplicate that. Yeah, he definitely has a uh, just template or that, just the way he is helps. I'm trying to think, uh, makes you want to play harder and rally and play more for him, just how he is as a coach. And you respect that a lot. Zach, are you still living in a uh, mobile home? Were you the guy that was living in an RV RV out there? Yeah, yeah, you know, I got, I got, I got the home? RV. <laughs> yes, sir. So you got a new contract? Are you staying in the RV, or you you springing for something that's got some wood and some uh, <laughs> to it? Yeah, there's some wood trim in the RV, so it's not it's not all bad. But uh, yeah, we're um, it's it's uh, we're gonna wait till the season's over and kind of make some plans from there. Um, I love it. I think it's great. Um, it's been uh, – we've camped my whole life, and that's kind of how I ended up getting one and deciding to do that two years ago, I guess. Um, but we'll see what happens, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had the same thought when I got drafted. Uh, my dad asked me, what do you, said, what do you do with your signing bonus? I said, I'm going to buy an RV. He goes, why are you going to do that? I said, when they cut me, I've got something I can live with. No one can take it from me. I was I was thinking on the defensive side. At least I got some place to, to live with. But I think you need, to, you need to keep that RV with that Bass Pro Shop hat you you you're a, you must be a hunter fisherman, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm uh, avid outdoorsman. Uh, yeah. 
we have a uh, I actually have a hunting ranch about two hours from Miami. We love to nice. We uh, we opened up about two years ago, so yeah, we love all that kind of stuff. It's great. Good, good. You know, Zach. Speaking of hunting, I'm not sure who you're going to get, Carr or Mariota, this week <laughs> from the Raiders. But the first first yeah. visit out to Vegas. Uh, what do you see in in that football team uh, going up, knowing you guys need to win? You know, you need to win out. That's the mentality I'm sure you have. But one week at a time. What do you see about the Raiders? Yeah, they're a very good football team. Um, both quarterbacks are very good quarterbacks, and uh, we just got to take care of business and kind of get that game plan going as soon as possible because it's Saturday game. So we got to move it up a day. So everything's kind of accelerated this week. Zach, thanks for uh, taking some time out to join us. Uh, congratulations on the success you've had this year. And let's get uh, still got a couple more games to, to get done with. Let's see if we can pack them away in your back pocket and get into the postseason and, and really enjoy some fun later. But thanks for taking some time out to be Absolutely. with us. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Thank you all for having me. Thanks, Zach. Now it's time to go behind enemy lines presented by AutoNation where Dolphin fans can sell their vehicles for cash now. Visit AutoNation.com. And, uh, John, the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, first opportunity for the Dolphins to to go into uh, Las Vegas and uh, see that new facility they've got. And, and uh, John, I don't know how much home field really means in these days of, of football and, and, and the COVID, but uh, uh, it's still a road game. It's still a game you've got to go in there and, and, and win. And, and, you know, the Raiders are going to want to fight back, and, and they've still got – They've got something to play for, but, um, you know, I just think that this team right now, this Dolphin team, knows what knows what's on their plate, knows what they have to do, and, uh, and it's a great – I think this is another great opportunity for the Dolphins to go in and, and continue to stamp their name each and every week as, as one of the teams that you got to watch out for all the time. Yeah, keeping their playoff hopes alive and, and to want to be able to control your own destiny – you have to win out the next two weeks and, and the Raiders are next up and at seven and seven, they're pretty much on the outside looking in and they may be uh, without their starting quarterback. Again, Derek Carr may be out with a groin injury. I think it's going to probably be a game time decision, but Marcus Mariota played very well coming in last week, got him into an overtime situation, lost uh, in overtime, but this is a good football team. They could probably turn it on with the best of them if they play their their best if they have their a game on Saturday night so you're hoping you're hoping that the, the Raiders don't have that you're hoping that John Gruden and that team continues to not sure who's going to show up on, on each and every week when they're when they're playing on a game night so you've got a good running game in Jacobs you've got Waller who's probably the best yeah. tight end uh, arguably the one of the best tight ends in college football or in in, in the NFL because you have Kansas City and, and what they do with their tight end you have a couple other teams along, but the Raiders are kind of dependent on that with the injuries they've had uh, to the outside. So I think that, you know, Darren Waller is going to be one of those guys they're going to be looking to, to to push the football down the field, no matter who's playing quarterback for the Raiders. And when you look and you talk about the quarterbacks, whether it's Derek Carr or uh, Marcus Mariota, the, the one thing about them, they're two completely different quarterbacks. So it's not like you've got a similar guy. So the Dolphins are going to have to prepare – for a quarterback that can get out of the pocket, extend it with his legs, do all the things that Mariota was able to do when he was successful. And for Derek Carr, you kind of know where he's going to be. You're going to be back in the pocket. He's going to try to push the ball downfield. That's one of the things the Raiders have tried to do uh, this year. But uh, this is a team that's struggling. They've got their injuries like everyone else and all the issues that, that they've got to go with. But, you know, I know playoffs are probably, you know, in the far distance, kind of, you know, out of the picture for them. But, again, for – 
John Gruden and Mike Mayock and, they, and the people at the head, they, they, they want to win as many games. They want to be a, a nine-win football team. When the, when the well, I'm sure they want to finish strong. You know, this yeah. is a team that was probably in the thick of it up until last yeah. week. And, and they're, you know, they're making the move. They've got a new fan base. I'm sure the Miami Dolphin fans had this game circled right away when they saw the schedule come out. We're going to go out, yeah. you know, to Vegas and have a great time and watch our Dolphins win. Well, that's not the case with, you know, the way of the world this year in 2020. But this game is still going to happen. And I'm sure that, as you mentioned, you know, Gruden and Mayock and, and want to get to the trajectory of this football team keep going in the right direction, you know, moving from Oakland, going to Las Vegas. Uh, this is a good team, and you, yep. you can't sleep on it. And I think, Bo, for the, for the Miami Dolphins on defense, it's going to be a lot like last week. You know, is it going to be Cam Newton? Is it going to be Josh Stidham? Or is it going to be Derek Carr, who's kind of going to be in the pocket like a Stidham might have been? Or is it going to be Mariota that is a, probably a little bit quicker twitched than Cam Newton that can beat you on the perimeter with his speed and maybe more decisive when he tucks it and, and takes the football down to use his legs. So I think this is going to be a, a tough week for preparation for the Dolphins on defense. But I still think with the, the injuries they have on the outside, the Raiders, you can lock up with X on one side and Byron Jones on the other side, get that extra guy to cheat down against the run and be a little bit more aggressive on the defensive side of the football and, and maybe bracket the tight end and Darren Waller. Yeah, well, I think you do have the opportunity to be physical with him and, and kind of, you know, don't, don't give him that free run off the line of scrimmage and you can concentrate a little, little more there because they don't have the outside weapons that really scare you. But on the, on, on the, on the other side of the thing, it's going to be interesting to see if this, Dol this Dolphins can kind of keep that running game going. Uh, Ahmed had a big week, 114 yards, and you know, Lynn Bowden, we talked about him. I'm not sure if, if some of the other guys are going to get, get healthy and be ready to play on, on Sunday. But, boy, it would really be nice to see this team bounce back with another game where you're able to run the football, control the time of possession, all those different things, and then take the opportunity to throw the ball down the field when it presents itself. Well, I think it would be important if the Miami Dolphins can get players like, like Parker back and Grant back. You know, th those two guys on the offensive side are, are going to mean a lot. And, and then you look at the tight end spot in Kosicki – it just adds to the weapons the Miami Dolphins have on offense. I, and also, Bo, I would say the offensive line needs to they, – they set the bar last week for running the football. I don't know if you're going to get 250 yards every week, you know, being able to grind it out. But you want to be able to break 100, 125 to be comfortable to, to offset Tua in the passing game. So it'll be important to see if Eric Flowers can come back at left guard, with, with especially with the loss of Kinley last week against New England, who was filling in for Flowers. If he can come in, now you have Dieter as your swing guy again, and that gives you the depth you need, especially going on the road to face a tough front seven that the Raiders have. So you can have some flexibility on that offensive line. But I think the standard has kind of been set. That bar has been raised a little bit, and their expectations to be able to run the football with Ahmed. And, and hopefully he, he's going to be a one-two punch again with somebody. And if it's Brita, great, because he has that breakaway speed that can give you the explosive play. Yeah, one of the one thing one of the things too we saw, John, is that the game as the game went on, they started to probe the perimeter a little bit. You know, it was like kind of that inside little kind of read option early in the game, and you know where they're getting tough yards, grinding them. Maybe you get stopped at two yards, and you know everyone kind of pushes, and you're getting that extra one or two yards. But as the game went on, it seemed like they started to 
start to take that running game out to the outside, and you started to see Brita uh, and Ahmed pick up some big yards, some six, seven, some, some, you know, some, some runners like that. So it'd be interesting to see if they can continue that running game and, 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 and get it to the outside. To me, with those types of runners that have that type of speed, especially from Brita, well, if you can get them out in the perimeter where they get a little bit of one-on-one opportunity, uh, there's where the big plays live in my, in my mind. Well, you're right. Breida only had 12 carries, but, Bo, he averaged over seven yards per yeah. carry. He had a rush of over 20 yards. Uh, that's what's been missing in this offense, the, the longer runs to cut the field in half. Ahmed had a rush. I think he had a long in the game of 31 yards. Yeah. He averaged over five yards per carry. Those are the types of things that can only help a young quarterback in the passing game to, to move the not only move the chains, but but get chunks of yards. So if you're starting inside your own 20-yard line or the 25, all of a sudden you're in the Raiders' territory in two plays because you've had an explosive run and a pass, maybe a run after a catch to a Parker or a Kosicki or, or a, a Grant or whoever that – or a Bowden on the outside or a Hollins. You know, the, the, those are the guys. That they start feeding off of that running game because th- that's such a complementary part the Dolphins have been missing for the better part of the season. And it was nice to see them execute that in the second half last week. Hopefully that carries over not only for the Raiders game, but in, in the uh, Orchard Park when it gets a little chilly against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, we'll worry about that one later on. <laughs> Time now for X's and Bows. And, John, one of the things we haven't talked about during the course of the year is uh, – we've we talked about them a little bit uh, along the way, but let's talk about the coordinators a little bit. Chan Gailey, uh, Danny Crossman, the special teams coach, uh, Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator. And you start with, uh, you start, you start with Chan Gailey. He was out of football for a couple of years – kind of tinkering around out there and and you think of him coming back and you, you think of Chan Gailey as kind of a you know an older guy that's been kind of setting his ways out there and you know kind of a you know kind of a curmudgeonly kind of a coach. Well I tell you what he hasn't coached like a curmudgeon. He's come up with some pretty good play calls and, and given given this football team, whether it's been Fitzpatrick or whether it's been Tua, whoever's been the running backs, who's ever been the tight end, the wide receivers, really given sent them some opportunities to make some big plays for this football team. Well, he's done, a, he's done a really good job, and he's been uh, using his imagination, especially with that two-point play yeah. we saw last week with the hook and ladder, uh, goes to four, pitches it to Ahmed. But we've seen, uh, you know, double screens. We've seen yeah. uh, middle screens. We've seen shovel passes. We've seen a little bit of everything. And, and I think it's really, it's really been fun to watch Chan kind of design the offense for Ryan Fitzpatrick and then morph into what Tua Tungavailoa brings to the table. And I don't think we've even scratched the surface on, on what Tua can bring to the position uh, after you get bodies around him that, that are on a consistent basis. You know, we've seen last week in the second half what a running game can do. But I think Chan has been able to adapt uh, his primary targets on the outside to even lesser targets that are coming into their own. And he's finding more playmakers as he keeps going down via injury, unfortunately, to be able to get guys like Matt Collins in, in the rotation and have them be a viable target. Look at the, the, what he's done at the tight end position. Mike is, is probably, you know, the stretch to field, the 50, 50 guy, but Shaheen and, and Durham Smythe have done a terrific job in the red zone, you know, throwing passes for touchdowns, in the red zone has been a difficulty for the Miami Dolphins. And it's hard for a lot of teams unless you have superior talent. The Miami Dolphins have done an excellent job of utilizing their tight ends, whether it's two tight ends, three tight ends, one tight end, and being able to get those guys and and scheme those guys open, especially in the red zone. So I think Chan's done a nice job 
with, with the array of talent he has on the perimeter, and especially at quarterback, to be able to design offenses for two different styles of guys in the same year, but get really productive, great production out of both of them. Yeah, you go to the defensive side, and Josh Boyer uh, has been doing a lot, a lot of things out there. And, and look, all these guys we're talking about, they've been having to deal with injuries, people coming and going, COVID, all the different things that, look, every team's having to deal with them now, but, but they're doing it and they're doing it successfully. And Josh Boyer, uh, well, I just, you know, it, it's funny, John, because early in the season, we saw him playing that zero coverage, a lot of guys on the line of scrimmage, blitzes coming from all over the place, confusing quarterbacks getting sacks, doing all those types of things. And that's kind of morphed out of that. He's kind of morphed out of that more to a more traditional defense where, you know, he, he's playing, he's, you know, had a lot of three-man rush last week, had a four-man rush going back and covering. So so he, through what he's done through the course of this year has really had this defense doing a lot of different things to the point where, look, if they, if they need to provide a pass rush, they've got it. If they need to blitz, they can do it and cover behind it. If they want to just rush three, and play full coverage behind it. They, they've got an opportunity to do a lot of different things that Josh Boyer has already put them through during the course of these uh, these games they've played, these 14 games so far. Bo, I think a lot of us, including the fans, almost forget that there was no preseason. Yep. You really didn't get to find out what your team could do, what they couldn't do, what certain players in certain positions could do, if they could rush the passer, uh, if they were better against the run, if they were better in man coverage, if they were – better playing with leverage and zone coverage. There was a lot of different things on the defensive side that I don't think w was ironed out until we started, you know, four or five, six games in. And as you said, this defense has changed. It's changed a lot since the month of September. And now you look at where the Dolphins are. You've got, you've got a turnover in 20 straight games. You, you're punching the football out left and right. You're sacking the quarterback. Ogba's ninth in the league with nine sacks. And I think he's ninth in the league in hitting the quarterback. And that's something the Dolphins haven't been able to do in years, you know, since, you know, Cam Wake was in his prime. Right. So there's a lot of good things happening. And Josh is, is identified that he has four cornerbacks playing different positions in the secondary, and he can do a lot of different things. And even with nickel, when you come in with Nick Needham, is another corner. Igbenogany has, has shown improvement back yep. there. But I think the basis of this defense, why it's been so good – is in free agency, you get a linebacker in Van Noy. Baker's been so solid. You get the, the progression of a Van Ginkle, and you have some edge pressure with, with Ogba and Lawson, and you've got a good rotation. Uh, we talked to Zach to, earlier in the program, but Christian Wilkins is inside. You get a rookie in, in Raekwon Davis that has done a nice job. So you have, you have bodies, and you have guys that you can put in that you have confidence in. And I think that's why Josh – doesn't matter what number it is. If I can get him in the right spots and let him go, he feels like he has superior talent this year compared to where they were last year. Yeah, and I can't help but thinking about the growth of guys like second-year players Christian Wilkins, uh, Van Ginkle, and, and carrying that over to Raekwon Davis and some of the young guys that are playing there now. What's going to happen with them uh, as they go forward? Because you're seeing these coaches able to improve every position, every player at each position and by group, which is – it was interesting. The other thing, Danny Crossman, special teams, we saw a fake punt uh, that, that that worked, and then we didn't we, – you know, we didn't – let's still question whether there was a uh, – uh, whether the guy reported it or not, whether Grugier Hill. Uh, I'm going to give him – I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, say he didn't, and blame it on the referee. But <laughs> going back to last year where we saw the, 
you know, the the the, the little the, the touchdown pass from the, the kicker to the uh, the holder. All, all all the things that we've seen with Danny Crossman this year doing this is really is really kind of you got to keep your eyes open whenever the special teams go on the field because you're not sure quite sure what you're going to see out of them. I think Danny's done an excellent job in terms of getting the right personnel in the right spots and being able to be so creative with kickoffs, with onside kicks uh, over his tenures, with the way they place uh, the punts inside the 20-yard line and with Hawks doing a terrific job and, and Jason being so consistent. You'd like to see him make uh, get on that track again and make yep. some of those long field goals that are going to be needed down the stretch, and I think he will. Uh, but but the imagination we talked about on offense and defense, it definitely carries over into what Danny Crossman's doing on special teams. And that's been a, a, a bright spot for the Miami Dolphins now since his tenure uh, started two years ago. So this, it's it's been nothing but uh, really good things. And that and it reflects in the record. It, you know, that's one third of, of your football team. And it reflects in where the Dolphins are heading. If they can get one this week against the Raiders, they get the double digits and only Brian Flores' second year. I think he's got the right pieces at the top in terms of massaging, uh, you know, offense, defense, and special teams with with the head coach putting his hand in the cookie jar a little bit on on every side of the football. Yeah, and we've talked about we've obviously talked about Coach Brian Flores, talked about the coordinators, and we don't want to leave out the position coaches because they're they're you know every one of those guys is is you know busting their hump every day to try to make this team better, and they've done a great job. So they're all they all deserve a, a lot of credit for the success. Uh, that this football team has had, and, and like everyone else, we're hoping this is just the beginning of a lot of a lot of good things in the future, John. But for now, remember the Audible is presented by Auto Nation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retail. Save on a hundred thousand vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. And remember, you can watch the Audible every Saturday night at seven thirty, WFR TV, CBS Four Miami. You can download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and MiamiDolphins.com. Stay safe. And we'll speak to you next week.